0: Midday on the Rural Radio Network takes to the airwaves with information of all kinds for you here. I'm Dirk Christensen, and we people who will let us know what's going on today, this is the part we call the round table. And we have Jesse sitting over here with the ag headlines to start things off today. You're a busy little bee, aren't you?
1: It's been quite a morning.
0: Yes, it has.
1: Lots of interviews. Lots of ag news. Mm -hmm. But... Coming up at the 1213, we're actually going to have something from Joe. He is on the tractor rally across Nebraska that kicked off, I think, last night going on today. So we'll get some more information on that, what's going on there. Also, we'll get an update on the investigation on biodiesel imports from Argentina and Indonesia. For the 1219, Dewey Nelson is joined with Jason Lattiman, director of Water Street Solutions. On their topic today is making a game plan for tough times. For the Newsmaker, one of the interviews I completed this morning is with Dr. Lisa Becton. She's the Director of Swine Health and Research with the National Pork Board. And we are discussing the new Porcine Reproductive Respiratory Syndrome, the PERS Research Booklet. They have just released. It's available online. And also kicking off this week is the World Pork Expo. So if you're going to Des Moines for that, you can talk to them more about um, that research booklet there as well. And then finally for the 117, coming up on Thursday in Lincoln is going to be an ethanol promotion event where E85 is going to be only 85 cents.
2: Whoa.
1: It's only for a portion of the day, though. Okay. And so we'll be talking with Megan Grimes. She is the ethanol program manager with the Nebraska Ethanol Board, and we're discussing that opportunity coming up on Thursday in Lincoln.
0: All right. Very good. So if you have an E85 vehicle, yep. you might want to listen up here. Oh, here yeah. Jason Jorgensen's got the sports. Yeah, I don't have an E85 no, vehicle, You're a high tech so. kind of guy, aren't you? Falcon a a, a t- high octane kind of guy. <laughs> the old Falcon doesn't run on E85, <laughs>
3: <laughs> but someday, maybe. <laughs> Switch you use it premium over. in that thing? Oh yeah. yeah okay. Yeah. yeah, you have to. Hey, we have found out the kickoff time for Nebraska's first football game on September second. It will be a night game. Uh huh. Seven o'clock against Always Tough. Arkansas State. Which means the game will wrap up at 5 a.m. Mm-hmm. So, uh, but I guess I'm not surprised to see that that first game is a night game, especially with it being warmer. You would assume 2nd of September this will be a BTN game. Okay. Uh, we will, of course, uh, have it along the rural radio network. Also coming up in sports, uh, quite a game last night in Oklahoma City, CWS for the college softball. They went 17 innings, five and a half hours before Oklahoma held off Florida seven to five. Now the two teams have to turn around and play again tonight. I don't know how much the kids have left after last
0: night. Boy, oh boy! That would be that sounds like a Bob Brogan day. It does, all yeah.
4: Can, all I can think about is I hope they stayed hydrated. True words have
3: never been spoken, Bob. It's so I'm sure, they, I'm sure they, sure they did. <laughs> also, as super
2: regionals for baseball have been set. We will give you a little down on that. All right, we're going to little need a little
0: extra Gatorade, I think, on uh-huh. this one. Okay,
2: Bob, but I don't know you?
3: who I don't know who pitches. Yeah, you know,
0: all four girls threw over a hundred pitches last night. So right. we will see. All right, Bob, what do you have from business?
4: Stock index is mostly lower right now. Uh, the Dow at one point was down about thirty-four points. There were a record number of open jobs in April. And another thing, General Motors shareholders have rejected a stock split. So those are some of the stories that we've got on the burner, hot on the burner, I might add, for uh, today. All right.
0: Well, that softball tournament sounds like it might actually turn up the stock prices on Red Bull. For sure. The way things are looking. All coming up for you today on Midday.
4: Paul Perkins is in, and boy, does he have great news for us all. Yeah, we do have some thunderstorms in the forecast. Some people starting to itch for a little bit of rain. i uh, got missed out on a few of these recent storms, but a few more people itching for a little more rain probably wouldn't hurt too much. All right. How much of a
0: chance are we going to see? Is it still pretty spotty today? Or?
4: Yeah, um, we will see. It's going to be somewhat spotty. It's not a big organized system moving through since it's going to be with the front, but we do have some spotty showers moving through south central portions right now but more are on the way right now some showers mainly on a light basis from grand island and central city to stromsburg down to york and then points to around the uh, superior area and also towards smith center Mankato. that is moving out towards the east a little bit more light rain starting to form over west central nebraska stapleton down to east of north Platte, imperial and hayes center and that is with the front that will be moving through today to give us more Uh, thunderstorms as a likelihood so more thunderstorms likely especially as we head towards later today and tonight with the cold front tracking to the east now we will see some thunderstorms move through but then we could see more thunderstorms form behind that front so just because you saw one band of rain move through doesn't mean you couldn't see more later on today Uh, into the nighttime hours, but that cold front tracking east today. Widespread severe weather, not likely, but we could see a few strong or severe storms. Strong winds, hail, and heavy rains are the main threat. Rain chances continue on into the overnight. That severe threat will diminish quite a bit after sunset. A few thunderstorms may linger right near the front as we head towards tomorrow, but mainly in the morning. A ridge of high pressure sets up over the Rockies for Thursday and the latter part of the week. Some disturbances riding down the eastern edge of that ridge may bring us a few late-day and nighttime thunderstorms on Thursday. Otherwise, that ridge, as we head towards the weekend, moves overhead and that will bring us some very warm and dry weather. That ridge does not last long, though. It breaks down by Sunday night into Monday for a chance of some thunderstorms and return to some seasonal temperatures. In our long-term forecast, a good likelihood of warmer than normal temperatures in Nebraska and Kansas Sunday. Through June 19th, near normal to below normal precipitation forecast for Nebraska and Kansas, Sunday through the 19th. We're just right on the edges of those two uh, factors there. Weather factors driving market trade include a round of lighter rain for the Midwest the rest of the week and continued dryness in the northern plains. Central and western states will experience generally warm weather in the next few days. Much of the eastern U.S. should expect. Cool, rainy weather the next five days with the highest of the rain totals in the southeast U.S. Across the central and northern high plains, showers will mostly end by the middle part of the week. For once, it's mostly favorable across the Midwest with warm to hot weather taking over and adequate to surplus soil moisture on hand. Rain may return to the western Midwest next week, but that will be considered beneficial. Very warm to hot and dry conditions across the northern plains continue to take their toll on spring wheat. Good to excellent readings declined seven percentage points from last week, and those good to excellent readings, twenty-four percentage points lower than last year across the northern plains for the spring wheat. Very little rain is indicated the next ten or next week to ten days. Dryness also a concern for the row crops, but right now they're still considered in favorable condition. In the southern plains wheat areas, less rain and a warmer to hotter forecast may help ease disease concerns and improve harvest conditions. Just how long that will last will be the key factor. Wet fields in the Canadian prairies with more rain likely will mean continued delays for planting in central and north Alberta and also northern Saskatchewan. Russia and Ukraine will have chances for rain rain the next week to 10 days. Drier areas of north central Ukraine will need to be watched for that rain chance.
0: The Wayne and Ukraine Uh, for the main way on the plane.
4: Right on the plane. But I did say Saskatchewan with no problems.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That's the problem, you see. Concentrate so much on the Canadian province and the rest of
4: it. I've been working on that one, and then it it sticks now.
0: (laughs) Nope, that's uh, the way it uh, usually shakes out. There's there's, uh, so many place names, and uh, we we get so many of them that... uh, just baffle us sometimes.
4: Yeah, so. you get to go and buy and buy and fast, yeah. and then, oh, that's right, i got to concentrate yeah, no, on right. that one, too.
0: Well, <laughs> we've got uh, the possibility, then, maybe a little bit of beneficial rain out of this, and hopefully it comes without any of the bad stuff.
4: Yeah, man, ho- it'll ease the heat that we've been getting. Of course, a lot of the corn has been was needing some sunshine, because mm-hmm. a fair amount of that corn was a bit on the yellow side, not getting too yeah. much sunshine and t- a little too much rain.
0: All right, we'll, we'll take that, and uh, thank you very much, Paul. We'll remind everybody that when you need weather anytime,
4: KRVN.com.
1: Culture information on the World Radio Network. I'm Jesse Harding. The tractor rally across Nebraska is making its way from Holdridge to Hastings today. Joe Gangwish catches up with the group.
5: Tractor rides in Nebraska are not all that uncommon, but the tractor ride across Nebraska travels through the entire state and rides for a cause. Donnell Moormeyer from Cortland, Nebraska is the relay coordinator for this year's ride. She says this is the fourth year for riding for Operation Comfort Warrior, which benefits veterans through the American Legion.
6: In the last three years, we've raised over $20,000 for Operation Comfort Warriors. So we're hoping to, last year we raised a little over 6100 So we're hoping to top that, of course, this year. But that's our, our goal.
5: One of this year's drivers, Diane Case from Iowa, who lost her husband Charlie this past year, is back traveling the entire state this year. Oh, Charlie loved this ride. He, he looked forward to it every year. We were the first ones that signed up to go all the way across with the first ride. Last May, when I lost him to cancer, he called told him, he says, I'm not going to be able to make it. But I want Diane to go and you guys take care of her. That was about a month before he passed away. These guys out here are family. They're just so wonderful. Trans started in Holyoke, Colorado. They will overnight tonight in Hastings and will travel around the state capitol in Lincoln Friday for the state's 150th birthday celebration before ending the ride in Plattsmouth on Sunday. For the Rural Radio Network, I'm Joe Gangwish.
1: Preliminary determinations in the countervailing duty investigations on imports of biodiesel from Argentina and Indonesia have been delayed until August 21st by the U.S. Commerce Department. The determination has been due to no later than June 16th, but the department said the decision has been postponed at a request of a petitioner in the investigation, as allowed for under U.S. law. It will then be postponed no later than 130 days after the investigation was indicated, which was on April 12th. The department said in a statement that it will request that they have those determinations by August 20th. But since the 20th is on a Sunday this year, the determinations are now due no later than August 21st. In the National Board new porcine reproductive respiratory syndrome virus research booklet is now available. The guide PERS initiative research is the most comprehensive source of checkoff-funded research available on the subject spanning over 20 years of research. Dr. Lisa Becton, director of swine health and research with National Port Board says how research has changed over the years
7: early on we were trying to understand the basics of disease because that's really evolved into looking at more of the mechanism of impact on the body so we have a lot of new technologies Um, one of them is looking at the full genome of the virus and we do that because we can really look into what specific properties of the virus are affecting pigs that's something you know even 10 years ago we weren't doing we've also looked at other ways to sample and to detect PERS. And so those are some of the things that we're focusing on. But we still need to learn a lot more about how the virus can escape the body's mechanisms to fight it and understand how do we get better immunity to PERS.
1: Dr. Beckton says the booklet is available online. And if you are also attending World Pork Expo, they can discuss it further with you there. Well, you can also find more information about the booklet online by visiting RollRadio.com. I'm Jesse Harding, and this has been an Agriculture News Update here on the Roll Radio Network.
2: Making a game plan for tough times. That's our topic with Jason Ladman, Director with Water Street Solutions. So Jason, let's talk about what would be in those types of plans.
8: Well, you know, agriculture is full of ups and downs, and the farm economy has experienced a strong swing in profitability from 2012 to 2017. And it's unbelievable that in five short years, what the market has, how the market has tested the resolve of many farmers in this country. But here's what I appreciate about the farming community the most: they're some of the most hardworking, persevering, committed people that I've ever known. And when times get tough and uncertainty runs high. Farmers tend to have a deep reserve of courage and resolve to get through whatever they have to tackle. And I've seen it recently in the actions of farmers who are not just surviving right now, but they really are thriving, even in the midst of tight margins and the uncertainty and challenges that their farm is facing. And one of the most important actions of a farmer who is committed to their future legacy is to get a game plan in place for the future that they want. And it's my opinion that a financial strategy based on the farm's actual numbers should be the catalyst for any type of plan.
2: We're talking with Jason Ladman of Water Street Solutions. What's the first thing we need to do, Jason?
8: Well, in thinking about the business, it would be difficult for the farm leader to plan wisely for the future if they don't know exactly where the operation stands today. So getting that nailed down clearly through the financial analysis of the farm, really is the right step. Then the farm leader needs to think about where the operation is headed and where they want to be in the future. And during that process, the farm's goals should be laid out and they should be agreed upon by all the decision makers involved. But then there must be a financial game plan for how that farm is going to achieve those particular goals. Otherwise, it's like heading out to play the biggest game of the season without any sort of strategy. And as in any sport, you need to have both the offense and the defensive sides of your strategy figured out if you're going to have any chance of winning. And when you think about it, championship caliber teams not only have talent, but they stick to solid fundamentals, they watch game film, they practice, and they adjust quickly when a strategy isn't working. And farm leaders really need to have that same kind of mindset. They need to study their financials, they need to know the strengths of the balance sheet, adjust the cash flows properly, and they need to make calculated decisions with ease.
2: And what else can we consider, Jason?
8: Well, many farms have found that the cornerstone of their farm's strategy and game plan is to begin working with an ag finance advisor to determine a financial baseline of their operation. And then considering where they want their operation to be, who are their opponents, and what challenges stand in their way of winning. And clearly defining what winning means is very important for every farm. And once the farm leader and their advisor get a clear grasp on where the farm is currently, they can discuss the farm's goals and the types of financial decisions that can be made to get there. And the best farmers take smart action to help make sure their operation will not only get through tough times, but come out further ahead. The plans and decisions they make and the trusted advisors they utilize are really the keys to the level of success and the progress they ultimately will achieve. So here's my challenge to our listeners today On a scale of 1 to 10, I would ask that you rate yourself on these three questions. What level of planning for your farm's financial well-being are you currently engaging in? Do you use your farm's numbers or projections to aid in every decision you make? And three, do you have a trusted financial advisor who helps with crunching the numbers and providing additional perspective as you're making decisions? And if you've rated yourself fairly low on these three questions, I'd ask you to give us a call.
2: And for more answers to your questions on this or any other topic, go to waterstreet.org or call 866-249-2528.
0: Midday on the Rural Radio Network continues with a look at sports with Jason Jorgensen. Hey, thanks, Derek.
3: Well, Nebraska will begin the upcoming football season under the lights at Memorial Stadium against Arkansas State with a 7 o'clock Central kickoff on September 2nd. That matchup will be televised by the Big Ten Network. Now, the game will mark the second consecutive year. Nebraska started the year at home with a primetime contest that defeated Fresno State in last year's season opener in Lincoln. In fact, the Huskers will carry a night team-game winning streak in home night games into this year's season opener. Nebraska has not lost a primetime game at Memorial Stadium since 2008. The NCAA has announced sites for the eight Super Regionals in a Division I baseball tournament. The best of three series begin Friday and Saturday. Winners will advance on to the College World Series, which starts on June 17th in Omaha. Super Regionals starting up Friday include Vanderbilt at number 1 National Seat Oregon State, Cal State Fullerton plays at Long Beach State. Texas A&M will host Davidson, and it is Kentucky at Louisville. Super Regionals that begin Saturday include Sam Houston State at Florida State, Mississippi State at LSU, TCU will host Missouri State, and Wake Forest plays at Florida. The seemingly unstoppable Astros attempt to match a club record with their 12th consecutive win when they play at last place Kansas City tonight. The team won 12 in a row in 1999 and 2004. Houston, with the best record at 42 and 16 and longest winning streak in the majors this season, has also won 11 road games in a row. That's a franchise record. And the AL West leaders are an astounding 22 and 6 away from home. Shay Knighton's three-run homer off of Kelly Barnhill in the top of the 17th inning gave Oklahoma a memorable 7-5 victory over Florida in Game 1 of the Championship Series last night. That softball matchup between programs that have split the last four national titles was the longest Championship Series game in NCAA history. It lasted five and a half hours. All four pitchers threw more than 100 pitches. Oklahoma can clinch the title tonight with a victory in Game 2 of that best-of-three series. And the Bob Devaney Sports Center is set to host the U.S. Freestyle World team trials this saturday and former huskers jordan burroughs and james green will be on hand they're looking for their chance to represent the united states at this year's world wrestling championships that's a look at sports have a great day i'm jason jorgensen stay tuned more midday is just ahead
9: you are listening to the rural radio network There's a chance of thunderstorms through the night, some with heavy rainfall. I'm Dave Schroeder. Nebraska officials have chosen a series of new public health priorities that they hope to address between now and 2021. The list announced today includes obesity, depression, and suicide. State officials also hope to address health care disparities among people of different races, incomes, genders, and geographies. The priorities are part of the Nebraska State Health Improvement Plan. They were selected with help from hundreds of Nebraska stakeholders and data from a state health assessment. Officials say obesity continues to increase at an alarming rate. In 2014, 30% of the adult population was considered obese. The suicide rate increased between 2010 and 2014. It's the highest rate for any year in the past decade. The Nebraska State Soccer Association is apologizing to an 8-year-old girl who says her team was disqualified from a youth soccer tournament because she looks like a boy. It said in a statement that the Springfield Soccer Club's decision to disqualify Millie Hernandez's team does not represent the association's core values of teamwork and inclusion. Millie's team had advanced to the tournament finals when it was suddenly disqualified, The Springfield Club told an Omaha television station that a misprint in the team's roster identified Millie as a boy. Millie wears her hair short. The State Soccer Association says it did not oversee the Springfield tournament, but will work directly with clubs and tournament officials to ensure nothing like this happens again. A swan was attacked and killed by an unleashed dog Monday morning at Yanni Heritage Park in Kearney. A City of Kearney news release says Ike and his female mate Tina were on the south section of the lake protecting their nest when the dog crossed the water and attacked. The city cites a local ordinance that says all dogs should be kept under restraint at all times by their owner or owners and should not be permitted off the premises or property of the owner unless under the control of a competent person. The City of Kearney Park and Recreation Department will continue monitoring the remaining female swan. Republican Kansas Governor Sam Brownback has promised to veto an income tax increase approved by the GOP-controlled legislature to fix the cash-strapped state's budget and meet a court mandate on funding for public schools. As the severe storm season moves in, remember, the weather watch never sleeps. In the News Center, I'm Dave Schroeder
2: next we talk livestock futures trading with joe teal at great plains commodities and i asked joe ahead of time what brought this collapse into the feeder cattle futures as well as live cattle
7: yeah interesting i checked a lot of different places and the only thing i could see that after we opened this morning when we opened higher we struggled and we struggled uh, uh, for quite a while uh, and then all of a sudden uh, uh, things began to uh, uh, come apart. And it looked like somebody decided that because the market was overbought that they'd take some profits. And the next thing you know, it just cavalcated into a sharply lower low uh, limit down in feeders, and uh, checked uh, as many sources as I could. Uh, and they couldn't find anything that would have precipitated it. Cutouts were sharply higher. Uh, the auction seemed to be all higher. Didn't see anything from a fundamental standpoint that would have uh, generated this sell-off other than some technical uh, selling that showed up. And, uh, boy, we had, we're right back into the big volatility again. And uh, I'm sure we'll uh, be all over the place tomorrow Uh, Now, a little bit more uh, quiet were the hogs Cash was higher there So there was uh, some renewed buying interest back in the hogs today And uh, we finished higher Cutouts were off a little bit But uh, following the cash, cash being higher So kind of an unusual day today And see what tomorrow brings
2: Thanks, Joe. Joe Teal, Great Plains Commodities. I'm doing Nelson. Awesome.
1: A unique opportunity will be taking place on Thursday in Lincoln, Nebraska, when it comes to ethanol. For the Roll Radio Network, I'm Jesse Harding. With us is Megan Grimes. She's the ethanol program manager with the Nebraska Ethanol Board. Megan, why don't you tell us a little bit about this
6: opportunity that is coming up on Thursday of this week. we're going to have E85 for just $0.85 a gallon at the Pump and Pantry here in Lincoln, Nebraska. The Pump and Pantry just put in some new flex fuel pumps, so we're really excited to have that grand opening. Uh, This new station offers E15, which is known as Clean 88, and they also have E85, so that's that's new to that Pump and Pantry.
1: When it comes to this type of event, is it going to be all day long that they're offering the $0.85, or what do the specifics look like for that day?
6: So on Thursday, we'll have the E85 for just $0.85 from 3 to 6 p.m., and we'll start the day off with the ribbon-cutting at 2.30 to kind of get people excited about those new flex fuel pumps because this is only the second location in Lincoln that has 15% ethanol, so that's really exciting to have another station that offers that. And then the fun will continue um, at Haymarket Park for the Lincoln Salt Dogs baseball game, and we're going to be giving away tickets in baseballs and t-shirts, so we got a lot going on on Thursday.
1: Why is this event kind of unique to Nebraska? Obviously, it is taking place in Nebraska, but there's something else as well.
6: Yeah, Pump and Pantry is owned by Bosselman Enterprises, and they own multiple Pump and Pantries around the state, and they're one of the fuel retailers that offers a lot of ethanol blends. And the great thing about them is that they buy all of their ethanol from locally produced um, ethanol plants. So all the plants here in Nebraska have the opportunity to work with fossilmans to sell locally produced ethanol.
1: What other type of events might be coming up when it comes to ethanol promotion in the state?
6: So uh, we have this one on Thursday, obviously, and then again, the end of June, June 30th, we'll be out in Junietta with Uh, CPI Cooperative and we'll have have a promotion out there as well and we'll have discounts on ethanol blends and working with some of the corn growers out there on the new flex fuel pumps.
1: In general when it comes to ethanol production and consumption how has that been going? Where are we currently kind of standing on the
6: use of ethanol? I think it's becoming a lot more widely accepted especially the 15 percent blend which can be used in 2001 vehicles and newer Um, so we're seeing more people using those higher blends especially in large urban populations where there's air quality issues because ethanol can help reduce pollution in cities like Lincoln and Omaha.
1: And this event comes just after celebrating
6: Renewable Fuels Month in May. How did that go for the ethanol board? May was Renewable Fuels Month. Uh, May 13th, we had a fuel promotion in Norfolk celebrating new flex fuel pumps there that have E15, E30, and E85. And then May 19th, we also had another promotion um, in Omaha, and we sold E15 and E85 for just 99 cents a gallon. So we had a great turnout for both of those events and good conversations about the different blends that people can use in their vehicles.
1: So for coming up again on Thursday, it'll be E eighty five for eighty five cents in Lincoln. If someone is looking for some more information on that, where is the best avenue for them to go?
6: Yeah, they can visit our website at ethanol.nebraska.gov to find out more details on that, or our Facebook page as well at Ethanol at Nebraska Ethanol Board.
1: We've been talking with Megan Grimes. She's the ethanol program manager with the Nebraska Ethanol Board discussing the ethanol promotional event coming up on Thursday. For the Rural Radio Network, I'm Jesse Harding.
2: Grain and soybean futures closed higher today. Dewey Nelson on the Rural Radio Network. We're talking with John Payne, senior marketing analyst with Daniels Ag Marketing in Chicago, and publisher of the newsletter This Week in Grain. In the corn market today, was that bullish to see July close at three seventy seven?
10: Yeah, it was. A, I, I'd say a good day. I'm excited to see the markets moving higher. I think you know I've been saying all along here. I think we have a run up into the into the three eighties here before July gets gets off the board. You know how much further we get through that will, will certainly depend on conditions. But I just want to give everybody a little bit of perspective here you know the, this isn't probably what everybody wants to hear but this is like the fourth highest close on the front month contract so if you're pulling everything back and just looking at where the front month futures were trading this is the fourth highest high close since i think late late uh late july so in almost a 10 month period we really haven't seen um, the markets much above here on a front month basis so you know i think we have a move into the 380s but Looking at September corn, alright, September corn is trading just below 385 right now. If that would go to 390, you're talking about a, a September contract that is trading now close to 80 cents above where it would have expired a year ago on the September 16 contract. So while I certainly think there's more upside here and I'm, I'm you know, I'm a child of 2008, I came up in 2012, I've gotten a lot of scars on my back from those years and I recall how the market can move, it just doesn't feel like that the supplies are the same. So, you know, while we could certainly trade higher off of really poor yields, I don't think the market's just organically going to grind itself up towards that $4 level without some sort of crop loss and at this point I think it's a little too soon to kind of get into that mode.
2: And let's talk wheat. It was a surprising day to some. At least there's excitement in this market, and is this because we were oversold?
10: Yeah, I mean, that's part of it. But I think there's also just uh, all of a sudden the market's going to realize here that there's a lack of high protein wheat around, milling wheat specifically. And you know, Canada has low acres. The U.S. has low acres, and the U.S. you know, progress reports yesterday showed just a massive. Drop in good excellent ratings, and I've heard folks already are starting to, to bail for hay and, and straw up there as far as um, silage goes, and, and just getting it more into the feed ration shorter term uh, as they don't feel that the crop is there. So I think that could be positive for Kansas City. We closed above the 50-day moving average here. I still think a move up there to, to 460. I, I you know at that point I'd probably be turning it loose, but I, I'm patient for now.
2: Thanks, John. John Payne. Senior Marketing Analyst with Daniel's Ag Marketing in Chicago. Go to their website, Daniel Ag, DanielsAgMarketing.com. Soybeans, by the way, followed corn higher, but only one and a half to three and three quarters higher. Dewey Nelson reporting.